Welcome, Foolish Mortals, to the Halloween episode of Markin' Out. I am your host, your ghost host, on this online listening experience. Our tour begins right here in your mind. <laughs> This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Reddit likes this Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 612, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Several ways that you can listen to this. You can go to MarkingOut.com and listen there, or you can go on all of your major podcasting applications, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google still has one, I think. I don't know. Regardless, uh, when you do subscribe, uh, listen, subscribe, give us five stars, and uh, help the algorithm of Marking Out. We've been around for a very long time, and we want to continue to be one of those top-rated podcasts out there. Social media-wise, you can go to Facebook.com slash Marking Out. You can go to Twitter.com slash Marking Out. YouTube and Instagram is at Marking Out 11, and we are on TikTok at Marking Out. If you want to email us, you can email us at markingout1 at gmail.com. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, Dave, who I don't think is – I didn't listen to the Raw section or the WWE section, but I think it's just branded. But you can follow Dave at David uh, DPT DPT – or no, wait. It's David PT DPT. Sorry. I'll get that right one of these days. Um and Brandon is here as well. He'll be covering the WWE portion of it at BTTG161 on all social media platforms. But it's just me for right now. Uh, unfortunately, due to Brandon you know, being sick and everything like that, he lost his voice. Uh, you'll hear it on the WWE section of it. So at last minute, Brandon's like, hey, Chris, you got to do the open. You got to do the close. You got to do everything for the show this week, which I'm fine with. Um... It's just going to be me talking. This might be the quickest episode of Marking Out in, like, history um, because it's just me. You know what I mean? I like to be tried, construed to the point. But um, it's been a crazy, crazy week. Oh, by the way, so so Dave is in Milwaukee right now for work. And the other day he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Milwaukee. So me being a, a person who believes that, you know, everything – in life can be related to a movie quote. He's like, oh, I'm in Milwaukee. Enjoying the, I'm enjoying the trip. So what did I send to him? I said, actually, it's pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land, which is from Wayne's World 2, if you've ever seen that. And then Dave, <laughs> Dave says back, wow, I have to mention it to a native Milwaukeean. This way I can fit right in. So I don't think he got the reference, which A, is really funny to me, which makes me pop. So you always got to have a good Wayne's World reference. Um, and I'm still on the fence that I don't know if Wayne's World 1 or 2 is the better one because they both have so many good components to it. The Jim Morrison, The Weird Naked Indian and number 2. Uh, the first one, uh, which is fantastic as well. So uh, let me know on social media which one you think is better. I had a hard time. I watched both of them back-to-back I think a couple months ago and I really couldn't pinpoint which one that I liked better. 
This week, though, has been a crazy one for me. As I said last weekend, I had a lot of football broadcasts. Uh, Some of them didn't work out the way we wanted them to, but we still got the point across. Other ones were good. Uh, This week, because high school sports are kind of coming just to playoff time, uh, it's been a little bit of a lighter week. I did do some soccer games this week. This weekend is, uh, you know, two football games, which will be easy. Uh, But kind of resting and charging myself up for playoff games and whatnot. Um, this week, though, uh, we did have uh, the finals to the NLDS and the ALDS. As in the World Series, it'll be the Phillies versus the Houston Astros, who I don't want to win. I'm going to make my prediction here, and I'm going to say Phillies in seven. I think both teams are fantastic. I think the Phillies are just on a run of a lifetime right now. And that damn song that they were singing in the clubhouse after they won the world series has been stuck in my head literally all week long this name of the song is it's gonna get stuck uh calem scott dancing on my own it's the testo remix it's just been stuck in my head and i I sent it to dave too i feel like it was the most bro moment because here's this song where they're like oh this girl left me i'm all by myself now and then all of a sudden a bunch of dudes are pouring beer and champagne all of each other jumping up and down and singing word for word to the song it's hilarious and uh, I'd like to thank Kyle Schwarber, former Cub, for bringing that uh, into the Phillies clubhouse. But I'm saying Phillies in seven. Both teams are stacked. The Phillies are on uh, a roll of a lifetime here. Zach Wheeler is uh, pitching fantastic. Bryce Harper is finally living up to the $300 million that he paid. He was he got paid. Um, and I have to like them because uh, Nick Castellano, former Cub. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, former Cub. Dave Robertson, former Cub. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Noah Syndergaard, former Mets, who you can kind of say, like, uh, they did the right call here by, you know, Zach Wheeler signing with the Phillies. And, you know, I know Dave was like, oh, I don't like Thor because he was very vocal on the way out. But, hey, listen, like, I feel like the Mets kind of gave up on him. So now he's kind of, he'll get a chance to play in the World Series. I'm pretty sure he did in 2015. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, it should be fun. World Series starts tonight. Uh, Let's go, Phillies, and let's go drink some Yards Brewing Company. Um, So, as I said, Brandon lost his voice. This is why I'm doing the whole open right here. Um, So, let's kick it right now to Brandon as he gives us the WWE portion of the podcast. So, yeah, as Chris said, I don't have a, a voice, really. So, I apologize for how I sound. I probably shouldn't even be doing this. I'm definitely not awesome as always. That's for sure, but uh, I do hope you stick with us. I'm going to talk about some Monday Night Raw right now. Really quick, the Judgment Day, they opened up the show. Really good heat. Dominic ended up saying that Eddie Guerrero was his generation's Dominic, which got him even more heat. The OC came out. AJ Styles said he's this generation's James Ellsworth, which I hope they bring Ellsworth in for a match against Dominic, but Balor said everyone else in the Bullet Club is living off of his legacy. That moves on to Finn Balor picking up the victory over Carl Anderson, Bullet Club leader number one versus Bullet Club leader number two, which I don't think has ever happened on TV before, but I enjoyed the match. Dominic got involved, AJ got involved, Priest got involved, Gallows involved and ended up getting body slammed by Rhea Ripley. And she low-blowed Carl Anderson behind the referee's back. Later on, the OC discussed 
their problem with Rhea Ripley. So maybe they're going to bring in Dana Brooke they have history with. Maybe they'll bring in Charlotte Flair they have history with. Or maybe somebody unexpected and new like Mia Yim could come in and be the, the person to go up against Rhea Ripley. We saw Johnny Gargano and Miz. Um, Miz asked Johnny what he knew. And it led to Miz going to the ring. The stuff with Dale Earnhardt Jr. I thought was funny. But Miz addressed Dexter Loomis the, the night he had the match with Bobby Lashley for the U.S. Championship. Somebody told Miz that he was targeted by Loomis because of his mind. Johnny Gargano interrupted and said that's just not the truth. And then our truth came down because Miz wanted to tell the truth. And this led to a match. It was a funny setup. Our truth actually picked up the victory over Miz. Cool to see our truth on TV again. But a hooded man showed up during this, and Truth got the quick victory. The hooded man ended up being Johnny Gargano. Candice and uh, Kathy Kelly had to sit down. She spoke about her raw debut, and then damage control interrupted and beat her up. Maybe eventually going to recruit her, but not then. And Johnny Gargano went to go check on her later on. Miz interrupted. JBL and Baron Corbin interrupted, which sets up a match. After that, Austin Theory picked up the victory over Mustafa Ali. Seth Rollins was out for the match. Uh, I thought it was a really good match. But the bigger stuff afterwards, Seth Rollins just beat the heck out of Mustafa Ali. And he wouldn't stay down. Finally, it looks like he stays down. Rollins goes to leave, and then out of nowhere, Mustafa Ali beats up Seth Rollins again. Almost picked up the victory over four guys. That's basically that. There was a segment with Elias and Riddle leading to a match where Elias picks up the victory over Chad Gable. Good back and forth. Otis tried to get involved. Elias stepped away from that and, and eventually gets the victory there. Alpha Academy beat Elias down afterwards and Riddle made the save. Baron Corbin beat uh, Johnny Gargano with the help of JBL. I like the stuff that Johnny Gargano did with JBL's hat outside the ring. But more dumb outside interference. Uh, And then Miz got Johnny a, a get well card for Candice. And said he wants to sit down and talk out everything next week. And Johnny's like, I'm telling the truth if you don't. So next week, we'll see what happens. Bailey picked up the victory over Bianca Belair in the main event. I thought this was for the championship. I thought Bailey won the championship. I was like, hell yeah, she won the title. (laughs) Not the case. But I thought it was a really good match. Towards the end... Nikki Cross ended up diving off the turnbuckle and took everyone out. And then she took Bianca Belair out, leading to Bailey to pick up the victory. And then she attacked Bailey afterwards as well. So crazy Nikki Cross is back. I'm all for it. Halloween Havoc opens up with Chucky, then Shotzi and Quincy. Wesley picking up the victory over Von Wagner, Nathan Fraser, Oro Mensa, and Carmelo Hayes. 
in a ladder match to become the new North American champion. Uh, it was very fast-paced. Always action-packed, fun match. Apollo Crews picked up the victory over Grayson Waller in a casket match. Finally, the spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal pays off. That wasn't a hardcore stipulation. I appreciated that. They paid homage to Undertaker during this match. Um, at one point, Cruz went through the casket and they the referees waved it off. The lights went out and the Druids brought out a better casket. And uh, Grayson Waller attempted a tombstone, which was reversed with double knees by Apollo Cruz. He also tried to choke slam Apollo Cruz into the casket, but Cruz hit a spine buster into the casket to finally win. There was a funny Chase U segment. Duke Hudson now goes there, but they, they went over Halloween Havoc trivia, and Bodie doesn't like Duke. That happened on the, the TV show also, where Bodie was nowhere in sight, but Duke was. So... After that, Pretty Deadly put themselves over. Caden and um, Katana interrupted, basically saying they're the better tag team champions in NXT. Just puts over Tuesday's show. Roxanne Perez picked up the victory over Cora Jade in a weapons wild match. Fans super split during this match. I liked Roxanne coming out with the skateboard, though. Um... Overall, I thought it was a good match. It came down to them being up on that platform. Roxanne Perez basically not letting Cora Jade go down by herself. It's a a Russian leg sweep off of the platform through a table. They make it back into the ring. Perez finally hits Pop Rocks onto a pile of chairs, picks up the victory. There was a video vignette of burning fire. We saw T-Bar's mask and marked the heck out for that. And then we had another one on NXT that said, the second coming isn't about retribution. It's about justice. So, it's safe to say Dijakovic is back. We had more stuff with Shotzi and Quincy. Lash Legend interrupted. Lash Lash gets planted with a DDT. Sets up a match for NXT TV. Schism spoke about the people that they've tried to get to join them. And it won't be delivered by will, it'll be by force now. And then he announced that on Tuesday's show, Red Sweatshirt will remove their mask and we'll know who they are. Julius Creed picked up the victory over Damon Kemp in an ambulance match. They brawled all over the back for this. Um, A lot of good spots. Kemp, at one point, got Creed in the ambulance and slammed the door, but Creed's fingers were there. Not once, not twice, but three times. The first time was like, oh my God. And then Creed like hulked up, went crazy. Ended up beating the hell out of Damon Kemp with a chair. And finally put him in that ambulance to win. And as that ambulance was pulling away, what uh, irony, irony, what a weird way to pronounce that. 
hear sirens in the background as the ambulance pulled away. Alba Fire pulled up with Mandy because earlier in the night, Toxic Attraction went to Alba Fire. She challenged them to come to her. It's like some haunted house or something. So them searching for her was very funny. Gigi was very pumped to be there. JC was scared. They split up. Alba found JC, beat her up, and then found Gigi, beat her up, and then found Mandy, and they brawled. Very, very entertaining. Mandy ends up picking up the victory over Alba Fire to retain, though. So, they went from that crazy haunted house segment to having a normal wrestling match, and it was good. Toxic Attraction showed up, pulled the referee out of the ring, then the referee got taken out, when Alba Fire super kicked JC Jane off the apron, she got back in, or she got the referee back in, and Toxic took Fire out. And Mandy hit her knee out, uh, knee to, to pick up the victory. Main event saw Braun Breaker pick up the victory over Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough to retain. Braun, I think, mixed in quite nicely with them. And it was a fun match. I like when Braun and Dragunov finally stopped fighting each other to take JD out. There was a really nice, cool Frankensteiner spot by Braun Breaker, which was caught by um, Ilya with a powerbomb to JD. I thought that was perfectly timed. There was a nice German suplex spot by Braun Breaker. I liked McDonough trying to steal that victory. And I thought at the end, after the Torpedo Moscow, that Ilya Dragunov was going to become the NXT champion, but JD grabbed the referee's hand, stopped the count, and Braun eventually was able to get in there and and pick up the victory. NXT opened up with Katana Chance and Kaden Carter, picking up the victory over Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. I really wanted the champions to retain here. So some of this had me worried. Uh, specifically the part where Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons won. <laughs> they, 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 another referee came out. They restarted the match. Um, and they, they picked up the victory. So I'm happy about that. Stark was interviewed later on. And Lyons apologized. She was like, you don't have to apologize. It's not your fault. But she was pissed off. And for some reason, they have a rematch, I guess, because of the way it ended. And in that rematch, maybe they'll win the titles. I hope not. After that, Wesley came out, thanked the fans, and uh, Grayson Waller interrupted. But then R-Truth interrupted to welcome everybody to Halloween Havoc, which I thought was really funny. It led to Grayson Waller trying to hit R-Truth, but Lee hit Grayson Waller instead. And R-Truth is going to be having a match on NXT next week, which I think is awesome. His last televised NXT match was 2010. It was during the seasons of Rookie and Pro. So I think that was pretty cool. He was part of season four, but that was all online stuff. But um, Apollo Crews, though, it seems like he's moving on to Braun Breaker. Shotzi picked up the victory over Lash Legend. Um... Not much to say here. I don't think Lash Legend is just... I don't 
see her lasting as a pro wrestler. Like, there's potential, but I don't think it's working right now. After that, Brutus Creed called Damon Kemp out for their match. Kemp said he's not cleared, but the five-minute match will happen. And then Indusheer beat the Creeds up. I was hoping they would return as faces. I think I, I think the writing was on the wall with them being heels. Sanga didn't really look like he wanted to be doing that, though. Next week, Toxic Attraction will have a one-year celebration for Mandy. Uh, one-year championship celebration. That was done via Zoom or Skype, Apple, FaceTime, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> After that, Pretty Deadly picked up the victory over Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade to retain the Tag Team Championships. Anofi and Blade came into this match beyond ready. I appreciated that aspect of this. Not the greatest of endings, but I enjoyed the heck out of the match. I think they did great. And later on, Anofi and Blade were down and out, and Odyssey Jones pulled up returning to cheer them up, told them to get in. They went out and celebrated. Schism had their segment where we found out that the red sweatshirt person is Ava Rain, the Rock's daughter. Perfect spot for her to be in. She, she tweeted out, I found my family. Everyone's like, why wouldn't you have her debut with the bloodline? Why wouldn't you have her debut as the Rock's daughter? Why can't she do her own thing? I think it's a perfect spot for Simone, for Ava Rain. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm I'm ready to ride this. After that, uh, they aired a very weird video from the Performance Center. An unknown caller is going to be tearing apart NXT. And they signed it off scripts. I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what it's going to be. Who it's going to be. Maybe it's a group. I have no idea. But we'll see what happens with that. Indy Hartwell picked up the victory over Sol Ruka here. Indy, again, kind of acting heelish. But Electra Lopez showed up and attacked both of them. Chase U, uh, like I said, Bodie didn't show up. But Duke Hudson did. Chase went over some holiday traditions in WWE. And then the main event, J.D. McDonough picked up the victory over Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov got checked out during this, uh, but he was good after the commercial break. Both obvious in pain from Halloween Havoc. Dragunov more so than JD, and it led to him eventually passing out to JD. Picking up that victory, so I liked that. But uh, that's NXT. I'm not going to do SmackDown this week. I think uh, my voice is strained enough. I haven't, this is the most I've spoken in days. So, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back, or I won't be right back, but Chris will be here, right here, on Marking Out. This is the greatest tag team of all time, FTR, and we're here on Marking Out Podcast. You got Cash here, one half of the living legends, one half of the FTR, one half of the seven star icons. And we think you should check out this podcast here, Marking Out. Top guys, out. Back here on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. It's Chris back here again for the pro wrestling portion of Marking Out this week. 
um, we're going to talk about AEW, All Elite, uh, All Elite, All Elite Wrestling, as uh, we're going to go back to Rampage from last week, live, broadcasted live at Jackson uh, at Jacksonville at their home, Daly's Place. Uh, you kicked it off with a AEW World Championship match as the acclaimed picked up the victory over the Varsity Athletes. This was titles versus trademark. The acclaimed get back their scissor me daddy whatever trademark and they're allowed to do it again. Uh, solid match here from both teams, but it was Bowens hitting Anise with the arrival and Caster hitting the mic drop for the win. But you know you're going to get gimmicky here at the end. Mark Sterling tries to walk out. Billy Gunn stops him, and they uh, hit the scissor me timber on Mark Sterling. I liked, if you are a fan of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, they do a great whatnot stream every Monday night at 6.30, uh, Mark sold off everything. He sold off the scissor, uh, Josh Woods's tights. He sold off Tony Nese's scissoring tights. He sold off his scissoring jacket and pants. So I guess that's done for now. After this, you had Jade Cargill saying that she's gonna get back her get back her property. Unfortunately, it was supposed to be Willow Nightingale versus Penelope Ford, but Penelope Ford was unfortunately injured. So apparently they brokered a deal so that like Layla Gray could take the place of Penelope Ford. Um, and she said, hey, she's, she's giving him Layla Gray tonight. She wants her title back. So we'll see if she gets her title back. Uh, Alex Marvez is backstage with Eddie Kingston. Ortiz is saying he's worried about him. He's losing his composure. And then Pac walks up and says he should listen to him. And Eddie Kingston walks off. So maybe we're seeing like a kind of like Eddie Kingston kind of schizo-y, you know, not mentally their storyline going on. After this, you had Hook pick up the victory and defend his FTW championship against Arya Davari. There's been a little storyline going on here. Arya Davari wanted to give him a lot of money. Um, he said, you know, again, he's like, take the money. Hook didn't want to take the money. There was a little bit of an outside brawl. Hook hits the red rum for the win. And then afterwards, Jeeves K uh, also gets put to sleep with the red rum. So it looks like, uh, you know, Ari Davari trying to get Hook and the Trustbusters is done with. All right. On to the next, they should say, right? After this match, women's action, was, as I said, it was supposed to be Penelope Ford versus Willow Nightingale. Penelope Ford is allegedly injured. It's now Layla Gray versus Willow Nightingale. Willow Nightingale pits, picks up the victory, but the bigger story out of this was everything that happened post-match. First of all, Tony Schiavone gets in the ring with Willow and makes the announcement that Willow is officially all elite. So bravo to bravo to AEW for signing her. Bravo to Willow Nightingale. I know she has impressed everybody since she was first on the scene in AEW, and she's been very impressive for a very long time. So kudos to her. I hope she's a big factor within the women's division. If it's Ring of Honor, if it's AEW, whatever they decide on, she's fantastic. Uh, after this, though, you have Jade come out to the ring saying she's a classy woman. She's going to give Nyla t- 10 seconds to give her her belt back. But Nyla's on screen afterwards with Vicky Guerrero and Mina Shavir. She has the belt, and she says she asked if she's looking for it. And then she drove away in Jade's car. So I said this last week. I'll say it again. I like that it's like, oh, yeah, here's another opponent, and then she beats her. Here's another opponent for Jade, and then she beats her. There's more of a mental game, and they're really building a story around this kind of Nyla Rose, Jade Cargill feud right now, and I like that. And it's something different than just Jade Cargill accepting a challenge from somebody and beating them. So maybe they'll save this full full gear. That'll be a a good long storyline that they can tell going into full gear for a match between these two. 
Main event time saw Orange Cassidy, the uh, king and champion of the Atlantic Ocean, as he likes to call himself now, uh, successfully defending against Dark Orders 10 and uh, and Roosh, which saw him pin 10 after uh, Roosh uh, tore at 10's mask and then turned it around so 10 was blindsided. Orange comes in and pins 10 after countering a, a sunset flip. So I think this is expected. I think the only, I think because you want to kind of build up Roosh, you had to have 10 get the pinfall here, which I'm fine with. Match, f- fun three-way match. Obviously, as expected, Orange Cassidy comes out and picks up the victory. So good time for AEW to go home to Daly's place for a solid hour of professional wrestling. Now let's turn our attention to AEW Dynamite from the Chartway Center in North Fork, Virginia. North Folk? North Fork. Folk? Sorry, I'm terrible with words. As uh, you know, you've listened to this podcast for a very long time. You start off with tag team action as two members of the Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta, pick up the victory over Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia, representing the Jericho Appreciation Society. Claudio pins Jericho with the neutralizer. This ongoing feud, which I know Brandon can't stand between the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society, continues. But I thought this was a good match. I thought the ending was great with... You know, Claudio trying to powerbomb. Jericho's grabbing the baseball bat. Claudio tries to powerbomb him. And then Claudio just being a freaking beast, man. And hitting a big swing on Jericho with Garcia on his back. And then hits a senton on Jake Hager. It was great. It shows you... This is going to be back and forth for a long time. When will this culminate? When will this end? We thought it was going to end with blood and guts. I don't know. But I like seeing Claudio in the ring. You know, especially with Daniel Garcia turning his back on Brian Danielson which he was very upset about. And he said it backstage right after this match. They cut to backstage uh, in what uh, with Renee Paquette and Daniel Bryan. But Bryan Danielson, wow. Sorry, I had a, I had a moment there. My apologies. Uh, he's saying he's frustrated. Um, Danielson said he's very frustrated. He's going to take it out on Sammy. And then you see Wheeler Yuta get in Brian Danielson's face saying he's not your son. He's a grown man. Danielson slaps him and then Claudio has to intervene and say, we're going to sit down and talk about this later. So dissension within the Blackpool Combat Club. On the other side of the page, you have the Jericho Appreciation Society fired up after their loss saying that, you know, he blames Claudio for bringing the bat in the ring. And next week, Jericho issues an open challenge to any former Ring of Honor world champion. So we've seen, do we see Christopher Daniels? Do we see Brian Danielson again? I probably hope. I hope not because I. I and I know Brandon will say we've seen that match too many times. Somebody that tried to call his own shot a couple weeks ago on social media was Davy Richards. Do we see Davy Richards come in? Do we see maybe Eddie Edwards come in? Kazarian is in a major storyline right now uh, in Impact Wrestling. Do you think maybe he's like, hey, you can have Kazarian for a little bit if you give us Eddie Edwards? But Eddie Edwards has been. And he's been involved with I Don't Know More in Impact Wrestling. So it could be a very cool thing to see Eddie Edwards come in there against Jericho, which would be cool. You have new number one contenders for the AEW World Championship as Swerving Your Glory have defeated FTR. I don't like it, but I get it. I mean, you have Austin. It looks like, you know, FTR is going to face off against the Gun Club at Final Battle. You know, because they were mocking FTR in, in the in the front row. Um, but you had Swerve hit Dax with a low blow while the referee had his attention turned. 
And Keith Lee finished off Dax Harwood for the, for the big win. So you're going to get they, – and they hyped it up too. It's going to be Acclaim versus uh, Swerve in Our Glory 3, probably at full gear. So I hope this is the last match between those three, and I hope the Acclaim wins, and I hope it's because Swerve screws Keith Lee. Because and then they, they could put these guys in a long feud between uh, between each other for being uh, former tag team partners. Renee Paquette, I think, has been since her arrival in AEW has been the glue that's been holding these shows together. Because a she's an outstanding interviewer, backstage performer, whatever you want to call her, but she's been doing everything. First, she's backstage with Soraya, who gets interrupted by Britt Baker. These two two women go back and forth. Ba 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 ba. Renee Paquette says, "Hey." Uses her mom voice, as she said on social media. Says, hey, relax. If you guys want to talk, we're going to stop arguing, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to talk. There's a segment, I think, billed for next week. That's going to be a sit-down between these two, so pumped to see that. And then she's on the ramp with MJF, who comes out to a baby face reaction. Comes out and says, hey, you know, the devil's here. Where are my devil worshippers? Starts going on about John Moxley. Makes fun of John Moxley and says, you know, going into going into full gear. She's not. He's not fighting William Regal. He's not fighting John Moxley. He's not fighting. Pe- he ain't fighting Penta. He's fighting every single scumbag who said he wasn't good enough. So it's a very babyface promo that MJF has here. He is then interrupted during this by Stokely Hathaway, who says, uh, you know. If you want Moxley 100% in full gear, we won't lay his hands on him. And MJF says, if you do lay your hands on anybody. You're fired. So, very babyface stuff from MJF going on here. Next up, you have Brian Danielson knock, tap out. No, he wouldn't tap out. It was ref stoppage to Sammy Guevara. So, cool. Brian Danielson beat the the ever-loving snot out of him. Sammy had some cool flips. That was about it. Renee Paquette, though, still. Now she's backstage again with Ray, which essentially just sets up Ray versus Orange Cassidy versus Luchasaurus because you have Ray talking about how he wants Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix talking about how he wants to be a double champion. Then you have Christian Cage and Luchasaurus interrupting it, saying he deserves a shot at the All Elite Championship. Then I think the best part of it was Orange Cassidy just walking in, not even looking at any of them, and just looking at the camera. And goes, "All right, let's do this," and just walks out. It was fantastic. It's, it was so Orange Cassidy, and it was it was fun. Sets up a triple threat match for next week. Next up, you have Jamie Hayter pick up the victory over Rio. Riho, excuse me. Uh, nice match here, but you have Rio uh, hit a big kick and blast Rio with a ripcord lariat for the pin. Afterwards, you have Tony Storm come out and you know hold up her belt. So going forward, I think it's going to be uh, for full gear. Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm for the interim AEW Women's Championship. I know there's been a lot of like backlash about the interim championship on social media. I know Thunder Rosa has made some comments about it as well. Excuse me, I have to take a sip of water right now because I've been talking a lot. Mm-mm-mm. Delicioso. So, maybe I don't know. I really don't know when we'll see Thunder Rosa back in action. But I think you gotta get that Tony Storm Thunder Rosa match out of the way first. Like, don't even, like, th- oh, Thunder Rosa's back. Give her, you know, give her a week, and then, boom, put her right back in there. But when will we see this? I don't know. So, but I think Tony Storm's been doing a great job of what she's been handed. Uh, you know, she shouldn't be the interim. You know, this is me putting my Mark hat on. She shouldn't be the AEW interim women's champion. She should just be the AEW champion. And going forward, maybe they should just stop that. 
Um, one thing I didn't mention, though, was there was a little vignette played about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. It was, you know, certain instances within the history of AEW where, like, they just kind of, like, Thanos disintegrated. It's like them at the press conference disintegrated. The AEW logo disintegrated. So it looks like the Young Bucks are on their way back, according to, you know, those really, uh, really smart and truthful news reporters news with the z the young bucks and kenny omega were backstage so it looks like we know who won in the uh brawl outs as they're calling it uh, brawl out brawl um also you know there was reports came out about chris jericho this week saying and doing some things so bravo to chris jericho and that's all we're gonna talk about about that um Eddie Kingston was backstage with Ray Pichette. she's just all over the place and i love it he says he uh, needs people to leave him alone because he's fine so maybe it's uh, just a maybe I don't know if they're doing like a mental health angle with Eddie Kingston, but I want to see him back in the ring and kicking uh, kicking butt like he does. Main event time saw John Moxley face off against Penta L Zero Miedo and successfully defend his AEW World Championship. I know we don't talk about Triple R that much, but I know Penta had a outstanding main event match at Triple Mania. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. I for forget it's been a crazy couple of weeks but John Moxley picks up the victory here post match though you see the firm run down to the ring and attack Moxley they cut to backstage because the Blackpool Combat Club's locker room is locked with a chain and they're like oh my god I have to go get bolt cutters and then they cut back to the ring and then you have MJF run out. You know, MJF has this big baby face promo before, and he looks conflicted. He's running back to the stage. He's biting his finger. He's like, oh, no, what do I do? And then he runs runs out. So I guess he was letting his people do his thing. Then he bolts down to the ring, pushes all of them off, and then the firm gets up, and he essentially tells the firm you're fired. Isn't that what happens? They beat down MJF. So now you're getting this sympathy from MJF. You're re- they're really kind of working him over as a baby face here. Um, he gets just tossed around. Morrissey choke slams him through the timekeeper's table. And, you know, they, Excalibur says something very pointed. It's like, neither the champion nor the challenger will walk into full gear 100%. So they're really going to play this angle like, John Moxley's out here doing his thing, defending the championship. He's on New Japan. He's this, that, and that, whatever. And then you have MJF, who made this stable, and they were a stable on retainer. And now they're just a stable now because he fired them. So I guess they all work for Stokely Hathaway. Um, so interesting. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great uh, dynamite, but I say that every single. Actually, no, I've said uh, different things recently about um, AEW, but I thought it was a good show. I was about it. Anyway, you're gonna have this week. It was supposed to be a tag team match on all uh, on. Rampage, unfortunately, Wheeler Yuta double-booked himself. He's taking the New Japan booking. It's going to be John Moxley in an Eliminator match against Magic uh, Daddy Magic Matt Menard. Um, so very, And also, too, you're going to get uh, Wardlow facing off against Matt Taven. I know they had a Matt Taven had a little promo video on uh, Dynamite this week. So cool to see Matt Taven in the win. It's going to be an expected uh, win for Wardlow. Or maybe uh, Mike Bennett runs in and uh, kind of feuds a uh, storyline with uh, Wardjow there. And you get Madison Rain versus Ty Mello. Great. Fantastic. Anyway, that's it for the quickest episode of Mark Now. Let's get to the end of the show and let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week comes from WWE Raw. I know everyone. Oh my God, Chris is saying something about Raw. Jeez. Anyway, 
Carl Anderson versus Finn Balor started off Monday Night Raw. I thought it was very a very well done open to Raw. It wasn't a, it wasn't like a 20 minute promo. Quick promo from the Judgment Day gets into a match with two of the founding members of the Bullet Club. In my personal opinion, the best version of the Bullet Club. They were badasses. Um, you know, they they didn't have the Young Bucks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but. It, the two of the founding members of the Bullet Club doing it on the biggest show, the biggest weekly episodic television show for professional wrestling and sports entertainment. I thought the match was good. Um, I liked the ending where Rhea Ripley body slammed Gallows. So real cool about that. So that's it. For, that's my match of the week. Go check it out. Um, and let's get Brandon uh, mustered up some strength to do his shout out. So Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hello there, it's Randy Newman, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts, because you get them shoutouts from Brandon. The first shoutout goes to Leslie Jordan, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 67. I think he seemed like one of the nicest celebrities and was always funny. He was in so many movies, so many TV shows like Will and Grace. American Horror Story, and most recently he was on Call Me Cat. Um, I saw Caleb Braxton, met him literally the day before he passed away. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, it'd be pretty cool to meet him because he's always so funny. So it's very unfortunate. My next shout out goes to Big Shot. The second season came out the other week. On Disney Plus, I had no clue, but I was able to watch all of it. It's on Disney Plus. John Stamos stars in it. I enjoy the show. Check it out. And then the last shout-out goes to Jason Linick, former guest host of Marking Out. He went to the event in Brooklyn and got us that FTR bumper. So that is awesome. If you're not following him on Twitter, follow him at the LI Chief. I uh, I hope I can meet FTR one day, but I'm uh, just very grateful that we got that from them and from Jason. So thank you very much. But those are my shout outs. I know also a uh, a big reason why people tuned into this week's episode was to hear my thoughts on Taylor Swift's Midnight's. Which, first of all, she had me tuning into a football game on Twitch last week to see a special announcement. Which was so unbearable because the last two minutes lasted like 40 minutes of a football game. Always, it's the worst. But they aired the video, which was cool. And then the commentators were immediately misogynistic and sexist because they're like, Oh, only women, only teen girls listen to Taylor Swift. So that's that's really great that, that they advertise that. But the album itself, I think, is good. Will it ever be my favorite album? No. But I don't hate any of Taylor Swift's albums. And I know a lot of people are ranking their albums. They're putting this one up super high. For me, it might be in the last place, but it's not a bad thing. The album itself, it kind of feels like a memory. I don't really know how to describe that, but like... Songs remind me of other songs in memory form, if that makes sense. But her 3 a.m. chaos that she was teasing ended up being a deluxe album with seven more tracks. 
even though there's already a deluxe album at Target with three extra tracks, which I got. So that's kind of annoying, but I'll obviously I purchased the other seven tracks. She also ended up crashing Spotify when the album dropped at midnight, which is crazy. And it broke a bunch of records, I believe. Thank you, Brandon, for your shout outs. And we hope we hope we get you that back next week. I hate recording by myself because a I I forget things as you probably noticed throughout this podcast and do I just talk quickly you know you can listen to a two-hour podcast or you can listen to this one which will probably be an hour brains like oh my god this was only this many minutes but that's what it is so anyway Brandon shout outs now it's time for our out moments of the week i have a couple a bunch of wrestling ones first of all that bumper we got to thank sign guy jason linick for getting us a bumper from the greatest tag team of all time ftr uh saturday night after my long week i poured myself a drink i sat down and i ordered that crazy brett the hitman heart ftr shirt so i don't know when i'm gonna wear it but maybe I'll wear Thanksgiving this year. Just make my family just look real weird at me. But anyway, Markout's Moments of the Week. So that one, huge Markout. Thank you, Jason, for getting that for us. I appreciate it. Um, Markout Moments of the Week. First of all, they announced this week that Sausage Party, that movie, the Seth Rogen movie, is now going to have like a eight-episode like series on television somewhere. And independent professional star, former Ring of Honor champion, I think he has something to do with the new Ring of Honor, Tony Deppin posted, oh man, this is going to be as bad as the first one. And I've said this on this show. There's this thing with professional wrestling. Any wrestler will tweet anything. Usually the first comment is something negative. And you see like, oh, you know, you'll see somebody like, oh, Tony Deppin, you don't know what you're talking about. It was great. But who responded to Tony Deppin was Seth Rogen. Of all people, just sending him a picture of Tony Deppin, which I thought was outstanding. Um, it was very, very cool. I liked it. Then Matt Cardona gets himself involved and says, Hey, Seth, yeah, you want to fight uh, <laughs> Tony Deppin and a partner of his choice in a GCW? Well, I don't think he said a GCW ring. He was like, in the ring, let's go. Let's do this. So I thought that was very funny, and I popped for that. I, pop- I popped huge. Um, also, I wrote things down. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Slamming Gallows, Doc Gallows, Big LG, whatever you want to call him, the Human Cadillac. Oh, that! I, I, I want to go back to that because, like, two weeks ago on Raw when they had their first match and Gallows is in the ring, Corey Graves said something to the fact, like, oh, look at him, he looks like a human Cadillac. And if you know Gallows, his first gimmick in professional wrestling was he was the human Cadillac Dorian DeVille. So I popped for that. But Rhea Ripley... Slamming Gallows, man. I, I marked out hard for that. You know, they're really making a lot of references about her being this generation's China. And there's one instance that kind of shows it. She's badass. She's slamming, power slamming dudes. Uh, very, very awesome stuff. I'm trying to look through my emails right now to see if sauce, uh, Brandon said anything about he marked out for. Um, da, 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 da. He said, my mark out was going to be Jason getting us that bunker. Gave him a shout out for it too. So Jason, you're getting mentioned all throughout the show. And my last mark out moment of the week was I went to Target yesterday morning because, you know, it's it's trick or treat. I didn't, uh, It's Halloween on Monday. I had to get some candy. No, I didn't get any candy corn. Take that stuff. Throw it in the garbage. But 
uh, you know, I whenever I go to Target, I always uh, go to the action figure section, and my this this Target was packed, brother. Um, I was able to scoop up Elite 94 Edge, which I needed for my Edge collection, and also the AEW Luminaries uh, Corazon Leon Chris Jericho, which is very very cool. So I put that next to my little bit of the bubbly Jericho. We got two errors of Jericho there. I think I still want to start like a Chris Jericho action figure collection, which I think would be very very awesome. So I marked out when I got that. I also bought it. So this is so I go to Target and I've been drinking a lot of Liquid Death. It's at Sparkling Water Company. They're in recycle. They're in aluminum cans. It looks like you're drinking a beer. But I go and I bring it to the counter. And the woman's like, "Liquid Death? Is it? Are you gonna die? I mean, you should be in very dry humor." And I'm like, "No. I'm like, you know, it's just all marketing stuff." Like that. she's like, "Okay." I pay for my stuff. She's like, "She's like, all right. Have a great day. Enjoy your enjoy dying." I'm like, "What?" I was so confused. I'm like, all right, cool. Listen, she made an impression on me. And that's why now I'm talking about it on this podcast. And I think that's it for Mark Out Moments, unless uh, something crazy happens. Uh, one minute ago on TMZ, Giselle Bunchen files for divorce against Tom Brady. Wow, what a fall from grace Tom Brady's had, you know? But anyway, though, that's what happens when you deflate footballs to win, to win championships. Anyway, and that's our podcast. Mark It Out, 6-12. Uh, next week, I'll probably be with you. I'm hoping not for the whole show. I'm hoping Dave can do some of it with me because I think Brandon's going away. And um, I'll talk about AEW. Maybe I'll get some friends on the show. Uh, I'll talk to Brandon, see what we have to do, and uh, maybe we'll bring some special guests in here. But anyway, uh, markingout.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on all major podcasting applications. Leave us five stars. We appreciate it. Uh, Facebook.com slash markingout. Twitter.com slash markingout. YouTube and Instagram.com slash MarkingOut11. We're on TikTok at MarkingOut as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Dog Dave on Twitter, who will be back from Melee Walk A next week, at DavidPTDPT. I think I got it right. And Brandon on all the social media influencing platforms at BTTG161. Merchandise is at ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. And until next week, I wish you... The best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fair.